0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello? to Cincinnati.
0: You play to
2: win the game. It was all that Dan Marino's fault. Everyone knows that.
0: When it's too tough for them... It's just right for us.
1: The Rockpile Report, AFC East Roundup, hosted by Bill's season ticket holder, Drew Gear a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. From 50 yards out of the hold of Morstead. On the way! Down the middle with distance! Dolphins take the lead with 18 seconds! No
0: D-linemen in the game. 11 players out there to defend whatever the Jets draw up. They quickly get it to Garrett Wilson, and now they'll look to get tricky. Back to Joe Flacco.
1: Now Elijah Moore... Dolphins need one tackle to get to the playoffs. It's loose, and that'll do the trick. The drought is over. Losing streak is over, and the drought is over.
3: Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the AFC's Roundup Podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder, Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. And
1: that was Tom McCarthy from Fox. You forgot that you sent me a highlight. Yes, I did. That's how boring that Jet Dolphin game was. It's <laughs> all field goals.
3: Literally just a field goal festival. It was the only, Chris, the only truly impactful game of the weekend. Yeah. Like, if the if the Patriots had won their game against the Bills, yes, they could have punched their own ticket. But did anyone actually think that the Patriots are going to win that game?
1: Nah, no. No. Okay. I did pick the Jets to beat the Dolphins. Well, and it almost happened. I know. Why don't trust the Dolphins with a backup quarterback?
3: The final week of the NFL season is in the books. And with that, it means that our AFC East Roundup podcasts are nearly at an end. Is it crazy to think that we just podcasted for 18 weeks?
1: Like, 18 weeks is a long time. This is the hardest time of year for us to be podcasting because it's. The season. It's what we the main focus of the podcast is between those eighteen weeks where we do cover off season stuff, but it's you know, none of it is Chris, we're not
3: draft savants.
1: No, but although like, we do know
3: a lot of people that that's been the success of our draft series, is that we're smart enough to know we're dumb. And we bring in other people. Um our, our free agency previews, again, we're smart enough to know. Listen, I can I, I nail a couple now yeah. and again. You hate it. Yeah, I do. But by and large, we're smart enough to know what we don't know. And so we collaborate in making content with other smart people who have a better lay of the land, can read the tea leaves a little bit better, have some better thoughts and ideas. And it's more
1: laid back than the regular season. You get, you get to, like... Once February hits, the Super Bowl's over, it, like, it calms down around here.
3: But you'd think that we'd drink more then, and we don't. In fact, no. we drink far less during the off-season. No. I it's mean, almost like you and I are stress drinkers.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I switch back to drinking cocktails on the show. So, Yeah, I see that. Which, by the way, you're going to need to toss me a beer. Yes! Out of the fridge. I have been slacking over the last... Couple weeks because you did a, you did a show. We did remote. My stomach wasn't feeling good a couple weeks ago.
3: I come over and Chris goes. I, I well, I texted Chris and I go, Chris for the pizza tonight. Where should I order from? He goes, I'm afraid that if I put anything in, it'll come right back out. I go, will have you thrown up? He goes, no, I just know my body.
1: Yeah, you just I like you. You just know like, oh, if I eat that, it's. See, I'll just eat it.
3: I'll be like, well, we'll see it and you see eat how it, it goes. And then
1: suffer the consequences. <laughs> exactly. No.
3: It's weird to think that we've made it 18 weeks. And, like, how much of that time was spent here by both us and our listeners just here talking about a season? How much of that time did we believe that we were the most competitive division in the uh, NFL?
1: Up until like week <laughs> 11. <laughs>
3: And then this week kind of came along and showed everybody its ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> it really did not go well. well. What, In fact, down the stretch, what? We had back-to-back weeks where the Bills were the only team that won. Yep. And then this week, two teams won only because one of them had to. And it literally came down to the wire. And so we start things off with the New York Jets, who lost to the Dolphins 11-6, to and Scott, I have to ask the question. There have been a lot of poor ends to Jets seasons. Just how bitter
4: of a taste did this one leave in your mouth? I'll be honest, Drew. I didn't care. Like, who at that point, who cares? The game didn't mean anything. And I guess, yeah, you want to knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs. But you're sitting there, you're watching Joe Flacco. And I'm just thinking to myself, I have to have done something wrong in a previous life. (laughs) to deserve having to sit here and watch this on a otherwise perfectly good December Sunday when I could have been doing any number of hundreds of things. So I honestly, it wasn't that they lost. It was just how lifeless everybody looked. And the defense was Ben, but don't break again. Skylar Thompson stinks. They let the Dolphins move up and down the field with the run game a little too much. But in the end, you know, you give up 11 points and, well, really nine because the two points came off the safety. And you should win those games. But I think what this really did was it hounded home once and for all that a lot of changes needed, be, needed to be made. We already saw the first domino fall actually only minutes before we started recording. Right now, as Mike LaFleur has officially been fired, there was that report earlier today by Aaron Wilson that Mike LaFleur was fired and then a bunch of the Jet Beat reporters came out and said it wasn't true. He wasn't fired. And I'm not trying to throw shade on my friends on the Jets beat because I'm friendly with a fair amount of them and I like them and I think they're good at what they do. But at the same time. Aaron Wilson was not going to be reporting that unless he had real information. He's a good reporter. He doesn't miss on stuff like that. So LaFleur's out. The offense was bad. I'm not saying it was all his fault, but there are a variety of things in play there, and we can get into it if you want, of course. And I think just watching that offense one last time really showed you that the offensive line needs a rebuild. But more importantly, they've got to get better quarterback play. And they can have the best offensive coordinator in the world, but if they run it back with the same quarterback room next year, there's no reason for anybody to be super optimistic about it. Now, they do need to upgrade an offensive coordinator, obviously. Well, we'll let's talk about that
3: for a second, because there's a lot of Bills fans listening to this who don't understand. They're like, well, we've seen a lot of field goal festivals. It doesn't mean that you got to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I want to throw some statistics out there. First of all, Zonovan Knight. Great story for a week or so. UDFA running back, showed some explosion in the preseason, came in, was a fantasy darling out of the gate, set the world on fire, gets held the 1.8 yards per carry in less than 25 total yards on the day. Garrett Wilson, who we all know, like Chris in the draft, Garrett Wilson, blue-chip prospect. Everyone looked and said he's, he's probably the best most surefire of these wide receivers, right? Mm -hmm. So Garrett Wilson goes to the Jets, and he looks the part, like as the season's going on, you go, this is a guy who I could see developing into a team's de facto number one receiver. And he's got a lot of upside. He's got a lot of big playability, contested catchability. He does all these things. He gets targeted in this game 17 times, which is ridiculous. I mean, that's literally, if you go back to the Bills game against the Patriots, it's almost as many times as Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs combined. And yet he couldn't crack 100 yards or find the end zone.
4: Like that, you're doing something wrong. To be fair, he actually had 102 yards, and then on the last play, he lost 13, which dragged him back to 89. But that was another bad play call by Lafleur, so it kind of goes to the overall point. Well, exactly, and this is my point. Like,
3: you have a talent like this; he's working his ass off, and he's getting a ludicrous number of opportunities, and he can't get to 100 or a touchdown. Then it's not him. (laughs) Like at this point, it's not the player. You have to look around and go, who the fuck is throwing them the ball? And who's designing these plays, point-blank and period? So now my question is, with the LaFleur firing in the aftermath of what is just one of the worst offensive performances the Jets have had all season, I don't care so much about the firing as I do the philosophy. And I kind of alluded to this in a tweet that I'm sure Greg Thompson's going to be listening to on your podcast now because we kind of used his point to piggyback off of it. But what does the what does it say about the Jets' philosophy moving forward? Because Michael LeFleur was brought in here to be part of this brain trust that was going to grow a young quarterback. We're going to build a running game. We're going to have we have young quarterbacks, and we're going to foster their growth. To see him thrown out the window almost makes you think that they might be shifting philosophies on what they
4: need at the quarterback position. Correct. There's so much that, that goes into all of this with the quarterback position. And you had mentioned this on Twitter, Drew, that this might indicate that the Jets are looking for a proven veteran. I think no matter what, that that's the way that they were going to go here. Because the rebuild is ahead of schedule. Right. Well, But, but the thing with Michael LaFleur, and I, I have to circle back to this a little bit. Uh, Woody Johnson is a guy who's always valued player feedback when it comes to coaches in fact it's what got eric mangini fired in 2008 after the team collapsed and missed the playoffs with brett Favre. He, they woody johnson felt like mangini wasn't keeping him in the loop and then when he surveyed the players he heard way too many negative comments and decided to move on you heard what elijah moore had to say earlier in the year when he demanded a trade garrett wilson in his closing remarks at the Monday presser when people are cleaning out their locker rooms, said, it just seemed like the other teams had figured them out and knew what they were doing ahead of time. And you saw the clip of Tariq Woolen on the sideline, basically saying, okay, so here's what the jets are doing. When I see this, I know they're going to do that. There, there was not a lot of growth there and we can sit here and talk about how bad the quarterbacks were. And look, he was dealt a bad hand in because remember he was handed Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick and said, all right, you're in charge of, and especially now this year, when they didn't bring back a more experienced quarterback guru, so to speak, like a Matt Cavanaugh or John Beck, who were around last year. It was just Rob Calabrese, so I assume is the next to go, and Mike LaFleur. And what Salas said is he wanted to quiet the quarterback room. Okay, great. Now you've put Mike LaFleur in charge of his development squarely, and he got worse this year. He got significantly worse to the point where he wasn't playable at the end of the year, and he was getting booed off the field in, in his home stadium and so when you go back am not gonna lie go I watched that.
3: I watched that Jaguars game Scott I'm not a Jets fan if I was at that game just for the sake of watching a decent football game I would have been booing I might have thrown something on the field I might have thrown myself on the field during that Thursday I, I night football game against the Jaguars
4: if it I meant that did I, I didn't have to see any more Zach Wills but but ultimately what it comes down to is you look at it and you say okay wilson greatly regressed i mean not that he was killing it last year either but at, toward the end of the year he was at least looked like he was picking up a little bit of steam that all went away and it got worse this year right you read the statistics and if you go through you can go through all the stats of how bad the jet offense was overall this year and then you you know you can make the excuses about the injuries and the quarterback play and all that but again garrett wilson you heard comments from him you heard what elijah moore had to say by all accounts, Zach Wilson and Mike LaFleur are not exactly best pals right now either. So you put all those things together, and then you also have the the, the fact that the Jets are going to be looking to go out and get an established quarterback now, whether that's Derek Carr or Jimmy G or somebody like that. And you want somebody that you believe that you can trust not only with that guy, but also to develop, either redevelop Zach Wilson or bring in another young guy to develop. And so when you put all of those things together, I think it just became a picture where they looked at it and said, okay, we could ride this out. But I think it's in the best interest of everybody to move on. And we'll see. Maybe Matt, Mike LaFleur goes back to San Fran. Maybe he goes and joins his brother's staff uh, with the Packers. I don't know what's going to happen now. Maybe he but, goes and just sits down at the beach. You know what? In fact, maybe he goes full Jersey Shore.
3: He likes what he saw over there. He literally just embraces the culture, gets a nice headband,
4: gels his let, hair like Chris. Let, let's hope he doesn't do that. I, I don't want to see Mike LaFleur getting arrested with Ronnie in the situation <laughs> on the Jersey Shore. But no, they're gonna have to do something. At quarterback, and I actually, you know, uh, there were a couple of ideas that that I had. had. Uh, look, my dream guy for the job is Todd Monken. I, I wanted the Jets to hire him in 2019 as the head coach. He was the runner-up to Gase, of course. Then you know what happened there? He went to the Browns, where he was basically a potted plant for Freddie Kitchens, and then they ran him out. And uh, is it and bad? Ended up going Wait, is is it bad to... that
3: you just said Freddie Kitchens? And until you said his name, I forgot that he ever held an NFL like head coaching job.
4: Yeah, well, I Browns fans wish they could forget that too. But so Monken then goes to Georgia and look what he did there. I mean, back to back national championships. Stetson Bennett was a Heisman Trophy candidate. I mean, he makes Bryce Young look like Andre the Giant. And Todd Monken had him. I actually, you guys would appreciate this. This is why I, part of why I love Todd Monken too. I was just listening to an interview that he did just before the college football playoffs started, and he was asked about Stetson Bennett. And he said Stetson Bennett was a guy who was a walk-on, and he left to go be able to play somewhere at some junior college or something. And when Fields transferred from Georgia to Ohio State, Stetson Bennett came back, and he goes, look, I'll be honest, I did everything I could to bury the little bastard. He's like, I made it clear to him that he wasn't good enough I told him I had no intention of playing him. I did everything to crush his spirit and crush his will and make him believe that he wasn't ever going to get a chance and he wasn't good enough. And you know what his response was? His response was to basically give me the middle finger and say, I'll show you what I can do. And then he went out and did it. And so I love Monkin's on it. Like, I think that would play really well here in New York. But he's obviously the resume. You go back and look what he did in Tampa with Southern Miss and and Nick Mullins and how he turned him into an NFL quarterback. Brandon Whedon, he got a 28-year-old guy (laughs) to be a first-round pick when he was at Oklahoma State. But But being more realistic, I think... You've heard the name Gary Kubiak. I don't love that so much. He's been out of football for three years. He's 62. I'd rather go in a different direction. (laughs) Gary Kubiak, you you can't resurrect that skeleton and throw him in here and expect
3: anyone to get excited about that.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, if it happens, it happens. Frank Reich's another name you keep hearing. He has connections to Douglas, but he doesn't have any connections to Salah. And the other thing about Frank Reich is I still don't know for sure if he's actually good. Remember, when he <laughs> was in Philly, Peterson <laughs> was calling the plays, and then look at what happened with the Colts. He begged them to get Wentz, and Wentz was terrible when he got there. And then we saw he just completely floundered after Andrew Luck in the one year of – uh, uh So look, whatever. If they get right, that's okay. The guy that I I think would make a lot of sense, and actually Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie, uh, he's a guy that does a lot of Raiders film, and I'm actually having him on. We're going to do a whole deep dive on Derek Carr. He brought up the name Greg Olson, and it really makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Greg Olson, not the player, obviously, has, has been a longtime coach. He overlapped with Salah in Jacksonville, so they know each other, so there's a bit of a familiarity there. But the thing with Olsen that's interesting, too, is like you look at Derek Carr. He played his best football with Greg Olsen. The three years that Olsen was there under Versace and before that Gruden, Derek Carr was playing his best football. So Olsen clearly realized the best way to utilize him now. People will say, well, what if you hire Olsen and you don't get Carr? That's fine because you go back and look at what Olsen did in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles when Blake Bortles threw 35 touchdown passes in 4,400 yards, which doesn't seem like could be possible with somebody like Blake Bortles, right? And you look at what he did in with the Rams and, and Jared Goff when he was there under McVay the first time because he's there now again, and Goff really took a big step forward. With Greg Olson there. So I think that'd be an interesting one. You bring in Olson and then maybe use that as a recruiting tool to try and pitch to Derek Carr. If not, you you can have him to. And this is the thing, too. He's had, like I said, he has a track record with younger quarterbacks. So if you want to revive Zach Wilson, he could be a guy that could do it. If you want to draft somebody else, I floated the idea of maybe not drafting a first round QB. But if you've decided to move on from Zach Wilson, maybe somebody like Hendon Hooker from Tennessee, who you might be able to get in the second or third round, you build him behind whatever veteran you get. But the point is, the offense is going to go in a very different direction, Drew, and they're going to have to make a major move at quarterback, and it's got to be a big swing.
3: How frustrating is it knowing that's the thing that kept you guys from being here talking about this, talking about your season for another week or two? Like, just... The mistakes made at quarterback and some of the mistakes made at offensive coordinator. In fact, not even that he's a mistake, but that just his decision making down the stretch and just how he chose to approach a lot of this. That's the difference between you guys being in the Dolphins' position right now and being here talking about what comes next. How frustrating is that as a longtime season ticket holder, longtime fan?
4: Long-time podcaster. I think it's weird because even with as bad as the quarterbacks are playing, I talked about this the other day. I think truly the day that the Jets' season ended, in retrospect now, was October 23rd in Denver when Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt. Because I still believe that if Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker hadn't gotten hurt, they would have had enough to continue to hide Zach Wilson in those two Patriots games One of which the Patriots scored three points until that last hunt return at the end. The other one, Zach Wilson threw three interceptions and blew the game. If he has Brees Hall, he's handing the ball off a lot more and not having to rely on trying to make plays with his arm like that. So I think in the short run, having those two guys, they probably still could have made the playoffs even with the bad quarterback play. Now, going forward, Wilson showed you and and maybe in a way in the long run, it was a blessing. Wilson showed you that he's not ready to be out there. Is he ever going to be that guy? The odds aren't great, but maybe it's still possible. It's not unprecedented. But what what those guys getting hurt showed you is that the Jets aren't where they need to be at quarterback, whether that's Wilson or whether it's somebody else. So I think it's frustrating that, that the quarterback play really held them back. But I also think that in some ways – if he wasn't going to be good, it's better that the band-aid just got completely ripped off now instead of like slowly picking at it until the bandaid is finally off. And now we know that Wilson, if he's going to be good, he has to really work and try to turn this around. And if not, they have to go in another direction. Reese Hall and Elijah Varick Tucker might've masked that enough where the jets get in the playoffs. And now you're lying to yourself about what, where Zach Wilson at it is at in his development. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a bunch of different things. It's a blessing it in disguise in some The ways. quarterback position went <clears throat> south as it did. Well,
3: you guys have a full offseason slate of content that starts this week. We have one more week in the AFC's roundup where we'll get together and kind of recap the season as it plays out for the division next week. Until then, and obviously on through the summer, where you guys are going to be again one of the league's most interesting teams for reasons not exactly ideal Where can people find all your content at Play Like a Jet?
4: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff. We are going to be like Mick Foley, the hardcore champion, over the next couple of weeks and months because we're going to hang in there seven days a week, and I'm just going to be taking metaphorical chair shot after chair shot to the head as I do these shows. You can find the show on anywhere that you can download podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, the whole deal. You can follow me on Twitter at uh, at playlikeajet1. We've got playlikeajet.com with some great written content. We've got, uh, the, our store, tpublic.com. We've got our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash playlikeajet. And on the show, and this will be interesting, I don't know if Derek Carr winds up a jet, but he also could end up a Patriot theoretically if the Patriots pull the plug on Mac Jones. So if you're a Bills fan, you might want to learn about Derek Carr. Marcus Johnson from Tape Don't Lie will be on the show. It's going to be a two-parter, Monday and Tuesday, and we're going to go through every nook and cranny. How bad was Carr really as bad as people said this year? How much of what happened was his fault? Is he, quote-unquote, not a winner? Would he be a good fit in specific systems? What are his strengths and weaknesses? Is he somebody that was a victim of a bad match with the wrong coach? We're going to answer all those questions, so if you want to hear that and a whole bunch more, Remember, you can get it pretty much anywhere. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, we'll have those shows. And then we're going to do seven days a week, even all throughout the off season. Drew, your season continues. My season continues. The Jets season, unfortunately, does not continue, but mine does. And. While uh, I'm, I'm not sure that I, I would necessarily be behind the Bills winning a Super Bowl because I'll never hear the end of it from you guys. I definitely do want to see them beat the crap out of the Dolphins this week, so we'll start there. Oh my God,
3: we're here talking about the New England Patriots uh, who lost to the Bills 35-23 with Christian Simonelli, and I just love the fact that I just was about to ask how it's going, and I didn't even specify what. And your what was your answer there, Christian?
5: fucking
3: sucks. He <laughs> goes, I don't even know what you're about to ask. It doesn't matter. It all fucking sucks. The the 2022 season comes to a close with it the Patriots have missed the playoffs for just the second time in the last 14 years. Like first of all, that's a lot. Like that's a huge thing to take in. Like you twice in 14 years and yet you're frustrated.
5: Yeah, because I I don't see the team approving that much to be competitive with with the top teams in the league in the next – it's going to take a couple of years. So I'm just miserable. Well, I also noticed that you, you, I'm the only guest that you always crack a fresh Montucky with, which <laughs> just leads me to believe how much you enjoy this segment. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like
3: when you see someone pour a glass of wine to go with the cheese they're about to eat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say I do enjoy our conversations here on the show and a lot more a lot more now than I used to enjoy talking about the Patriots. But so is that where a lot of the fan angst is coming from? It's not so much because as an outsider, it's hard. Isn't it, Chris? Like you look at a team that has literally set the standard like they they are the definition of NFL dynasty. No franchise has ever done it or ever will do it again. What, seven rings? Did you guys get to seven? Six. Six. Okay. Six rings with a Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback. Unheard of. No, I, I like, the whole franchise of the Pittsburgh Steelers has six rings. And you guys had it in a 20-year window with two guys. That's ridiculous, and so as an outsider, it's hard for a lot of us to have have and find sympathy for Patriots fans who are upset now, because we look at it and we go, "You guys have had all of these successes. For you, it's not about the loss; it's about the trajectory." Is that what you're trying to say?
5: Yeah, I, you know, I, and I think I've said it before in this podcast that you know, for the past decade, it was where are we playing the AFC championship game? Is it going to be home or away? 13, 14 win seasons, roll out of bed. That That's what we've come to expect. So, if, you know, if you want to say, oh, wow, your world spoiled, you know, pencil a child, I agree with you because um, that was it. You know, it just became to be the norm. Um, and now, you know, you're getting taken out of prime time, uh, Sunday night games. You, you get you you know, you you're losing on a last play of a game. Um you go into uh what was already gonna be a hostile environment. Let's just kick it short, you know, all like so like two yards in the end zone and let's just have Hines, you know, return it and let's just have the house come down. You know, that <laughs> the house wasn't coming down anyways. And then you know what? We'll kick it to him again and he can do it again.
3: All right. Here here's something I wanna know. We're talking about this game that just happened on Sunday. Obviously, a lot was made about the Bills opening kick return for a touchdown. Electric play. Chris, it's something that our fan base is going to be talking about for decades. As a non-Bills fan, not just a non-Bills fan or like an, uh, just an objective outsider, but as someone on the opposite side of that, what was it like watching that play just kind of play out?
5: All kidding aside, I was watching it. My wife is sitting next to me and my wife goes, Oh my God. And 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 she just looked at me, she goes, she goes, Wow, she's like, You kind of got like a smile. Like, why are you smiling? I'm like, honestly, I said as a sports fan, how can you not like that? Like, that is one of the coolest plays I've ever seen. Like, you just you just couldn't get a better moment. Like that, if you want to describe sports to somebody Tell them the situation going into the game. If somebody knows anything about sports at all, knew, knew nothing about what happened the week. That way, how how could you not appreciate that? I mean, it was just an awesome sports moment. It really was.
3: No, it's it was and I'll tell you what, being there for it was
5: Oh,
3: I bet. I mean, there was people crying. There was people hugging. Oh, I, it was it was it was catharsis just in a moment. Like it was like someone snapped their fingers and they were like, All right, we're doing this okay. thing still. <laughs> We still, we still got some juice. Let's do this fucking thing. There's a lot of football to be played. And it really did just bring everybody back. Now, wasn't your head coach in tears? Oh my God. They showed like, I didn't know that until I rewatched the game, but you look at him and he's trying to fight through tears and he's just like, he's, he's holding up the one to his guys. Like, hey guys, we're kicking a field goal. We're kicking it. So get out there. And he's got tears in his eyes. Like, I have to, he's clapping because he's like, I got to maintain. Because I need my guys to maintain. We can't get wrapped up in this. You know, it's funny. Right. I made a corollary. Uh, Well, it's funny. There was a moment early in my life. We go bowling. And bowling's a team sport. You play multiple games. You don't just bowl a single game of bowling. You bowl three games. And then that makes up the total match. And then whoever wins the most games we, you know, gets the points. So we show up at this bowling alley, and my buddy bowls his first three hundred ever, first ever. And it happens to be this dump of a bowling alley that is offering dollar. There's a sign that says, "Ask us about our dollar shots." So we go to the bar because now everyone's celebrating because everyone's pumped. They just got to watch a three hundred. And my buddy asks him about the dollar shots, and it's slow gin, something called Tia Maria. And like some obscure brand, like flavored whiskey product. They won't even call it whiskey. It's like a whiskey product. It's almost like government cheese of booze. And they're selling it for a dollar a shot. He proceeds to buy $76 worth of these things. Our whole team gets annihilated. We lose the other two games and end up losing the match. (laughs) So it was cool for him that he bowled his first 300, but it didn't win us the game. In right. fact, if anything, it actually we let the emotion get to us and it just we crumbled. I like the fact that Sean McDermott had to fight his own emotions to try to keep this team on the rails and he's like, look, I one play at a time. So it's, it's it's a game like I love that fucking guy. And I love moments like that. I also like the fact that you guys didn't just go to sleep. Because that's it. You could have the Patriots oh, yeah. showed a little bit of fight in this one, and that has to make you guys feel good, doesn't it?
5: I, I did. It, it did. Um, it, particularly since the last time uh, when they played you at home, I felt that they had given up. I, I think I had texted Chris, you know, the blind man could see it, that they quit, and, and they quit then. They certainly didn't quit um, on Sunday. Although, again, I'll, I'll bring my wife into this. You know, She said, well, at least they tried. And I said, yeah. I said, well, you know the line from – Christmas vacation when Art the father in law comments when the granddaughter says he tried really hard Grandpa and, and, and Art turns and says so do washing machines you know when he tried to I <laughs> try to light the house that's what it was I go so the washing machines big deal they tried they still lost
3: <laughs> oh my god I'll say this Mac Jones as long as they introduce play action to the like like this is the, I feel like they they waited until the very final game of the season to finally show like hey. We might have a play or two that works. You saw Mac Jones look like a useful quarterback. He was going blow for blow with Josh Allen for the whole game. Which is kind of proof of concept that if you can give them a... Like their play-action passing really worked. We talked about that in our recap show. They found... It was like a rock-paper-scissors game, and they called right more than they called wrong. And it was just a good... It was one of the first good play-calling games from the Patriots you've seen in a long time. And it was kind of proof of concept that you can win with Mac Jones as a quarterback. Or do do you think that there's a lot of people in the Patriots fan base who have been critical, like the people who were chanting for Zappy earlier in the year, maybe have a little bit different view of Mac now in the aftermath of a game like this.
5: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think this was probably his best game since the Minnesota game. Um, And, and and by best game, I mean, moving the ball up and down the field, putting points up, uh, you know, and 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 quite frankly to my delight didn't see a lot of screens this game
3: that's
2: it
5: play action they they were screened trying to screen people to death so i think quite honestly it just highlighted the dysfunction of the offensive staff the whole year you have the players they have the ability you have guys that can that can win matchups you have guy a guy that can deliver that ball to the guys who do win the matchups um (laughs)
3: Devontae Parker just, had a fucking game. Yeah, for the fr- he right, comes he, back and he has a fucking game against a pretty right? good defense.
5: Yep, yep, sure did. What do you, um, what, do you too, what do you think about his future?
3: What do you think about those guys' future? Because Devonte Parker, I don't know, Jacoby Myers, he seems like he seems like it's one of those situations where if he were to go to another team, right? I don't ever see him being a Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, you know, even even like new guys like a Garrett Wilson. Like he doesn't have wide receiver one written all over him. But I could picture him being a great Roddy White to a Julio Jones somewhere in the NFL. I guess the question is do, do you see it as like, hey, the Patriots thinking to themselves, we have to keep this guy?
5: Um, I think they do, and I kind of, I kind of, my comparison to him was like Teddy Bruschi. I think if Teddy Bruschi went and played for anybody else, he wouldn't have been Teddy Bruschi. But the fact that Teddy Bruschi stayed here his career, he was like the ultimate patriot. And I kind of see Jacoby Myers that way. You brought him in undrafted, cultivated him, you developed this guy. The question is, is he going to leave for more money because the wide receiver market isn't that strong this year in the agency? So. Is he going to get an offer that's simply too good to refuse? And the the Patriots going to be willing to keep him? I'm willing to keep him and to pay him, but he's definitely out of slot, like you said. He's definitely more of a three, not one or two. Um, If you bring in another guy, and there's been a clip going around that Bill is like, you know, basically gave DeAndre Hopkins a tongue bass. Uh, When they played Arizona, you know, you're great. You know, you're going to lead the league in receiving despite missing half the year. I love you. That's how I do it, Coach. I love you, Coach. You know, like there's been that. So people are already like fantasizing about that. Um, But I love Myers. I hope they keep him. Um, I hope they keep uh, Jonathan Jones on defense as well. And they get a top flight corner. Um, Devontae Parker, I like. I I I think the guy that they drafted in Nikhil Harry is what Parker can be that big guy who can go down the field and get jump balls. So I like both of them. I'd like to see them in a competent system and see what they can do. Uh, But, I mean, we definitely need to get faster at that position. I'll say that. And those guys aren't exactly lighting the world on fire when it comes to the speed department.
3: So the Patriots season's over. (laughs) You've missed the playoffs for just the second time in 14 years. Where do your rooting interests lie? When it comes to this weekend's games,
5: well, look, I mean, you guys obviously have a cakewalk. Uh, you know, you, you're playing, uh, you know, against the team in, in Miami that doesn't have a starting quarterback and like half the guys are on the injury report. So, you know, you guys should get your bye week this week. Uh, <laughs> you know, which is nice <laughs> at home. I'm, you know, I am. I'm rooting for you guys. Um, I don't necessarily mind Mahomes, but. I'd love to see you guys take it over the top. I really would. Um, and obviously, for my boy, I mean, look, look. For me, the dream scenario—you know what the dream scenario is for me? You know what the dream scenario is for me? The Buffalo Bills versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, no, that would be great. I just want to see your head explode. Oh, it'd be phenomenal to see your head explode after you win the championship game, and then you say, "Oh my God, we have to go play Brady."
3: Oh my God, Cr- Chris. Can you imagine though? This year's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bills playing them in the Super Bowl. Josh Allen's never beaten Tom Brady. Just all the dragons he's slayed. All the... Like, this game, this year, it's funny you say that, because this year we've talked about the narrative being the revenge tour year, and just how many wrongs we've righted in this season. That would be the ultimate moment. Crushing Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Doing to him what you guys did to Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl, and just dog-walking him right out the door. And having, like... (laughs) It would be – I'm a petty man. I would be – it would be like if I just ate a whole pound of Wagyu. Like, I would have to lay back and digest that game for a whole week. I wouldn't go to work. I wouldn't leave the house. I would just be re-watching the game and drinking. <laughs> Ugh, Christian, it's been a great season. We're not done yet. We have one more show where we're going to put a bow on the whole thing. Where can people follow you on social? Where can they kind of – again – Interact with you and help enjoy what is the Patriots fan experience?
5: Oh, you can find me on Twitter at Chris with a T I A N. And, um, you know, you can follow me for all your uh, sarcastic Patriots takes. I, I did call for Bill Belichick's job earlier in the week, and uh, that led to some uh, vitriol and hate tweets and hate mail, and people hate sliding into my DMs. So, but I welcome everybody. It's all in fun.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: I love this shit. Guys, we just literally came back from break talking with uh, Joey here, or Vero Delfino. formerly known as Vero. Talking about the Dolphins who beat the Jets eleven to six and qualified for the NFL postseason. Now, Joey or Vero, depending on
2: whatever the fuck my name is, depending
3: yeah, on who you feel like calling yourself on Twitter today. First of all, I love the fact that we did a show with you back in like 2016. Back when, gotta
2: be, yeah, I was about to say it got to be fucking seven years ago. At least. Back
3: when you and I were both taking oh. this shit seriously. Ah. You came on our show and you minded your P's and Q's.
2: Let's stop the presses right here. Let's stop the presses right here. You minded your P's and Q's. I have never taken no shit seriously, so I don't know. (laughs) I'm not (laughs) sure where that's coming from. No, it's when we were both. I had just started Inches. Yous had just started uh, Rockpile. But my channel had been going before that. Before Inches, it was fucking Finn's Look. Orange and Aqua.
3: The, yes, the, it's
2: broadcast. You guys remember Ron? Yes, <laughs> yeah. What Ron, I'm there was there was a whole there was a whole pre inches history. Of, yeah, Ron uh, blocked us. Yeah, you know, Ron blocked us on Twitter. Ron does some a, a, a lot of funny shit. On Twitter, <laughs> but so I love him anyway. Well,
3: well, the funny thing is though, I I was like, someone sent him a screenshot of this because it's gonna it's gonna drive him nuts. And I sent a tweet, and I was just like, yeah, I think Miko Grimes is right about this guy. And I was like, I know that'll chap his ass. He'll see it. And then one day he'll forget and he'll unblock us. And I'll be like, dude, come on, let's have a beer. So here's what I love about you. You came on, you did our show. We all ran it by the numbers because we were all really trying here. You let seven years go by before you invited me back.
2: Hey, no big deal. We'll We'll, we'll talk about that some other time.
3: Well, no, what we'll talk about is you developed, you figured out what this thing was before we did, which is just, hey, we drink and we fuck around. That's what this is.
2: Except- I thought you were like trying. I thought you try to do a serious show and talk about football and shit. You know, I'm- I don't even talk about the Dolphins on my program. Oh, I know. I listen to your <laughs> program. That's why I know. That's why I love you, Joey. It's, you- it's not a show. It's not a show about the Dolphins. It's a show about people fucking around who happen to be Dolphins fans.
3: Exactly, and that's what I love about it. Is because you're not X's and O's. You're not sitting here trying to be Walter Cronkite. You do what you do, and it makes me laugh. You on Twitter make me, like, you just found out off air that I actually follow follow you on Twitter. Why? Because you make me laugh on a daily basis. Something. That I mean, you are do you trying stu-
2: to date me or something? What no. the fuck is going on here?
3: <laughs> so this is what I'll say. First of all, I knew your name was Joe. First of all, Vero Delfino. It's stupid. Where the fuck did you come up with it and what is it? It's not fucking stupid,
2: guy. True dolphin in Italian. The fuck are you talking about? It's stupid. Stupid. It, no, I need it. Look. About the time I, I invented Vero, I guess, <laughs> I needed, you know, I was doing real fucking bad. Yeah. It's that sort of, like, brick wall you hit in your, like, early to mid-30s, where if shit hasn't gone exactly according to plan, which, <laughs> you know, you don't, you, you, some people can sort of, like, try to shrink from that. And so I, you know, just started becoming Vero. <laughs> you know, and Vero was this sort of, it's me. All right. It's been me the whole fucking time. You, it's still me, but you made a character in my, in my mind, I was compartmentalizing and like trying not to feel like myself. Cause shit wasn't going too good, but, uh, see, and, and she, shit's going, shit's going better now. So I, I don't need that sort of whatever that was. And I love it that. was cool. And people are still fucking, they're perfectly welcome to call me Vero. Well, they still will. Um, well, I knew and your name I'm was sort of, Joey I'm sorry of treating it like my alter ego now. Like don't make me fucking <laughs> don't make me go back to it. Go get, don't make me go get Vero, please.
3: Well, what I love is that I knew your name was Joey because you did some design work for us uh once upon a time and on the invoice that you sent did me from I really? your company. Yeah. And on the invoice you sent me it had your real name and I was like, That's hilarious. That is hilarious. And also I knew he was a Guido. I knew it. Jeez, but I'm this just confirmed in, it. I was sending people invoices in those days. Yes, too, You fuck. invoiced me.
2: I'm doing this shit all shady now.
3: Here's <laughs> here's what I love. You've also made some really flattering Photoshops and animations of Chris and I that <laughs> have floated around oh, the internet yeah. for
2: years. <laughs> no, I don't those aren't still going around. Dude, I have them.
3: I, I have them too. Sometimes I put them out. Sometimes I'll just. I think I might them.
2: I think I might have the the gif I made of you
3: I'm sure. I, uh, <laughs> So, so this is so this is what I love. I love how wildly inappropriate you are about things, and I love how excited you got. That's why you're here tonight, is to talk to us about your excitement about the the Miami Dolphins. In what was I'm a here dog to ruin sh-
2: your fucking evening?
3: Well, here's the thing. In what was a dog shitty uh, dog shit day of football? Like I'm here watching the Bills play the Patriots. They're kicking the Patriots' ass. The, the scoreboard's close, but you can tell it's one of those games the Bills are not going to lose. And I'm watching on my phone. I'm following along with your game with the Jets, and I'm going, holy fuck, how is it 6-6? Six to six? How are these guys not, like, are they really going to dick around and let the Steelers make the playoffs? Like, come on. So I'm watching this happen. First of all, as you're watching that game, where is your blood pressure? <laughs> where is it? I'm telling you, I turned over a new fucking
2: leaf. Really? It's Not me anymore. It's okay. a different me now. I'm not like I'm not like super laid back or nothing, but no, it <laughs> but it, it takes me. You're not as it much of a wild me, man. It, it takes me. I just realized I can see you still if I go to the right window.
3: Yeah, exactly.
2: You're, you're ugly as a motherfucker. You know that. <laughs>
3: Tell that to every girl who's ever dated me. Apparently, they haven't gotten the message.
2: (laughs) I have never seen a human being look more like Barney the fucking dinosaur.
3: Dude, what I love is these teeth. I love it. My parents came to me when I was 12, and they're like, you should get braces. We'll pay for them. And I go, braces? I look like an ass. Now I'm 37 going, man, I should have got those braces. I look like an ass. (laughs) Hey, no, but you know what? Honestly,
2: it looks like you've slimmed up, though.
3: Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. And you know what? It was funny that you started posting your pictures of yourself because I was like, I always knew he had facial hair. You have a voice that says, "I have facial hair." I love it. So you're watching that football game. Where just what describe your emotions as it's going on?
2: Well, I mean, surely you realize the last like six weeks has been. <laughs> Just, horrid for and, horrid for us. So and I've as been it's been horrid inside, your,
3: and your Twitter account has gotten funnier like with every loss. Last, what's that? With every loss your Twitter account got funnier.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I've been dead inside since like week 2 of this kid. So it doesn't really it doesn't really fucking matter what I was feeling or if I'm even capable of doing such a thing at this point. So here and, you uh, are. And you's heard and you's heard the fucking news. So yeah, no.
3: I understand, but I will say <laughs> that for someone who claims to be dead inside, Chris, we have the audio, do we? I do. Here it is. Oh, here we go, folks. Oh, did you get the vi- uh, the video?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, For a ahead. guy
3: who claims to be dead inside, this is Joey. What are you doing? Go fuck Jason. yourself. Roll the tape. I fucking swear. I will never fucking talk shit
2: about you again, Jason. I'm gonna. Jason! Jason, 50 yards for the playoffs. Please. 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 (laughs) Yes. No. (laughs) You motherfucker. Turn this off right now, you fucking cowards. (laughs) (laughs) You fucking did it. You absolute motherfucker. (laughs) What? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fucking die.
3: Phone starts blowing up.
2: Uh, That's
3: fucking hilarious. Now, Chris, first of all, for a guy who's that was a
2: dirty, that was a dirty trick, you fucking underhanded pricks.
1: Yeah, I know. So, so So don't put stuff on the internet, and we won't take advantage of it. The same way you take advantage of uh, listen pictures of of my
3: teeth that have ever existed, or or you shirtless.
2: True, I'm sure I've never put anything untoward on the internet.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, Chris, does that sound? Like the audio of a man who's dead inside. No. Does that sound like purgation? Does that sound like... Listen, as Bills fans, you know exactly
2: where I'm coming from. Oh, 100. You can be dead. You can be dead inside, and then from somewhere in the fucking center of the Earth comes an eruption. But
3: well, that's yeah, it. There's Not-
2: nothing. There's nothing there. The, the, my heart is a fucking cold steel ball
3: at its core. Here, here's what I love. That moment. That moment struck me. Joey, because when I hear that, I think to myself, I remember when we broke our drought, I cried. It made Chris super uncomfortable because Chris doesn't know how to handle human emotions. Right, Chris? Correct. So I cried and Chris literally, and then I cried and tried to Chris, like not kiss him. I tried to hug Chris really tight and he literally was like stiff arming me. He's like he was like
2: I'm, going for the rape whistle.
3: Well, he was like, I didn't know if you were going to try to kiss me. I'm like, of course I'm not going to try to kiss you. It's a hug. You, you, what, you mutant? Even if he, even if he try, who can't enjoy a, co- a little
2: kiss between two friends? Jesus, Chris, You're listen. In,
3: in a passionate moment like that, things happen.
2: But well, here's
1: here's Drew did that earlier this year again in the uh, Packers tailgate with the listener.
3: It's like, listen, I'll listen. I'll get emotional. I'm an emotional man. I have no I don't have to hide that. What I love is that you had that moment and I know exactly what that moment's like. And I go of all the people that I ever thought would be there. Now, I love how you did add. I'll never talk shit about Jason Sanders ever again.
2: And then you were listening to it. You were
3: like, that's a lie. I will.
2: (laughs) Blatant fucking lie. (laughs)
3: But it feels good to get that monkey off your team's back, doesn't it? Like, just to be like, listen, we're better than half of you guys.
2: Fuck you No, guys. all right. Honestly, you guys really wanted me to – I want it to be a fucking mess on this show, and you're ruining it. You want the honest truth. Give me um, the truth. I'm glad, I'm glad that we're where we're at. Two is the one that got us here. He won't be given the opportunity to see it through, which I think fucking sucks an enormous amount of ass. But uh, it is what it is, and no matter what fucking happens, I'm gonna be happy. Now, w- I'm gonna circle back because I'm gonna call your entire fan base a load of <laughs> I want, I wanted to talk about. Well, that's funny, eh? No, all <laughs> oh, that right. just made me laugh. No, nah, you know, it's, it's that fucking. Though, I don't know who those. Sorry, circle the wagons. Fuck.
3: I suck. And I know that... I know exactly what I you're know talking the two about.
2: use... Yeah, no, I got to address your fucking fan base, though. 20,000 followers on that shit. And I left the gif here running, so I'd stay mad over this shit. The one with the factory, through the factory.
3: Oh, no, not through the factory. It's where they're carrying spider Spiderman it through the funny? train.
2: Is it objectively funny? Yes, but in context... I fucking have nothing but poison for these motherfuckers. Like
3: now, now, folks. For like those of you listening, for those of you listening who can't see what he or don't know what he's talking about. Oh, they fucking there, there. There's a podcast out there that tweeted out a picture. It's a gif of the moment from Sp- I believe it's Spider-Man Two. I don't know, but it's where Spider-Man is being carried down the train unconscious well, from a movie. Uh, yeah, it's Spider-Man, and they're I carrying it's
2: a video of some factory workers having fun.
3: No, it's it's them passing him unconscious back through the train oh. <laughs> because his mask came off. And so they basically tweeted out to like, oh, it's the Miami Dolphins sending two out there to start this game.
2: It's important well, to say, it was an objectively funny, it's an objectively funny video, but the context of this shit well, and yeah. the fact that that account has 20,000 followers and like almost exclusively the replies or the quote tweets or whatever are laughing and some injury means, and like, seriously, fuck, I, I, I honestly, I'm not going to fucking tolerate that type of shit from no Bills fan, no nobody, no, you know, it, and as decent people, I just have to tell you, and maybe some of your listeners, you're in the absolute minority in your fucking trash can fan base.
3: And I will say, I understand your vitriol, because not, that, not, that, the
2: Dolphins fan, not that the Dolphins fan base is any good, because nobody made such a claim.
3: I'll say this. I'm not gonna defend I'm not gonna defend that. In fact, what I'll say Seriously is, though,
2: happy to Mars, okay though.
3: Well, exactly. But this is the thing. I just watched a guy almost die in a football field. It has, we've talked about it openly, it has fundamentally changed the way that I look at some of this stuff. Because well, yeah, I know, you know some I mean? of these guys. I'm fret yeah. like I have their phone numbers. I talk to some of them. And so to know that that's like a thing that they now have to think about and they have to walk around with. And you think to yourself, like the perfect example, the Bengals right tackle twists his ankle and he gets hurt in this football game that realistically shouldn't have had to be played by the Bengals. Like they shouldn't have been playing their starters in the second half of that game. But the way the NFL chose to handle this whole situation, it forced it. And my first thought now years ago, you could go back years. Chris, how many horrible things have I said? About play. I remember talking about Tom Brady and going, I hope I hope his next vacation he steps on a heroin needle in the beach and develops an addiction and can't play football anymore. I said that. That's a real thing that came out of my mouth one time. I now see this through a whole different lens because it's been made real, right? You realize these are people. And I always kind of knew that, but it, it drives it home that these are dudes with lives <laughs> and families and people. shit. So then what happens is. Everyone here in the Bills fan base has this moment, and then it's gone. And, like, I see that ankle injury, and I get – Literally, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope that guy's all right. Like, he's limping. A
2: lot of of your friends over there. And for a lot of people – They got short-ass fucking memories. And that's it. It wore
3: off very quickly. And it was really disappointing to me to see that. Like, it really was. But, you know, it's – Regardless,
2: literally – I fucking hate the Buffalo Bills. I, I hope everything bad happens to you, seriously. But in that specific instance and for the entire week until it was clear that he was going to be okay, which, by the way, is fucking unreal. Uh, I've never once felt like if the Bills went on to win the Super Bowl that I any part of me wouldn't mind. But if I can imagine Damar putting on a ring, I don't give a fuck if, you, if it happens for you guys this year. Honestly, do not give a fuck. Um, I, I love that, dude. Thank you. See? That, Thank that, you. That that being said... <laughs>
3: here we go!
2: <laughs> the Dolphins' chances are astronomically low here, but uh, biggest pressure game Bills have ever played, because if it's even remotely close, your whole franchise is a fucking fraud forever. <laughs> I love, I'm talking about. I I'm talking that. about remotely fucking close. I
3: love that. Right. I respect your opinion on it. And before we let you go, I just want to regale our listeners with this. If you ever doubt this guy's passion for his team, he made a bet. Not even a bet. He made Wasn't threats. He made threats. It was like a.
2: It was like a bargain.
3: It was basically like, listen, I'm going to bargain with fate. That if this thing happens and they somehow, amidst this five game skid, make the playoffs, it's peens out for the playoffs. And he uploaded a picture, an inappropriate picture of himself.
2: As a joke. highly appropriate.
3: As a joke. And how many people downloaded that? It wasn't a joke. How many? It wasn't a joke. You guys obviously
2: didn't download the picture, it was a literal picture of my... It was not a joke. It was not a Rick roll. But that's my point. I liter- and I knew it was going to be. I literally took a fucking picture of my f-
3: and put it on the internet because I give that little of a fuck. And this is what I love is that when you did it, I was like, like I saw your tweet and I go, this guy is a maniac. I love him, but he's a maniac. And then you came you back later want, that day. You guys
2: don't want to see my DMs this week. and
3: they, Oh, I'm sure. And then you were like. 130 people You're who are these 130 people baby it's up to 160 now you're you're that's not
2: like that's not like tweet interactions
3: that's fucking that's people who click the link they click click download and you made no bones about what it was and these people clicked i i I do like i I i do like that the person my favorites the person who responded to you with the uh the photoshop from Arrested Development, and it's just uh, what's this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jason Bateman looking into a paper that bag part
2: that says it.
3: Looks in, looks up, and goes, "I don't know what I expected." <laughs> it's like yeah, exactly. <laughs> he told you what it was. You're you're look, honest to a fault. Look, I put that shit behind like four clicks, multiple
2: warnings. I said, "Listen, this is not a joke. <laughs> this is." I've had to make it a hundred percent optional because, like, half of my followers are women, and I didn't want them to like like with against their will see my like... I mean most of them probably looked anyway or at least 160 of them but <laughs> uh no uh... It, it, i got to i got to leave it on this i got to make you fucking mad cuz that was my intent from the beginning how dare you invite me on a show and let me have a good time <laughs> pricks! i'll hit you in the face with this indisputable indisputable fact at full strength Miami Dolphins are literally a better football team than the Buffalo Bills. <sighs> <sighs> Tested and confirmed. Tested and confirmed. And you barely beat our second and third strings in the snow a few weeks ago. I mean, this might, if this is a game, you guys just end your whole show and team forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, we love That's the it. limit. Sky's we, the limit, motherfuckers. Don't choke. We love you, Joey. Thanks for joining don't us. Don't choke. I love you too. Suck a butt, nerds.
1: Scott Mason, Christian Simonelli, Joey or Vero Telfino. I I am sure what people just listened to they I'm sure people just went, What the fuck was that? <laughs>
3: First of all, inviting you, they're, they're, him they're, on the show was a curveball. It was a curveball I wanted to throw at everybody because I want them to, like, I guess I just, first of all, he's, his, like, tell me that that wasn't genuine emotion when he was watching that kick. Yeah. He was pleading. He was bargaining. He's like, I swear to God. You, how many times have you been hugging a toilet? And you're like, I swear to God, if, if you just stop this, I'll never drink again. Please, God, help me. Here he was bargaining with the football gods, going, I swear to God, I'll never make fun of Jason Sanders ever again. Not only will he, but he was one of his biggest detractors. And so mm-hmm. it was just nice to hear that come out and confront him with that and make him. It's like, hey, do you, hey, remember the time you got soft? Remember the time you cried? Yeah. See, now me, I'm, I'm in touch with my emotions.
1: I'm OK with that. Oh, I'll cry in front of Jessica at the drop of a hat. Will you? Well, oh, don't tell
3: me that. That makes you even... Oh, God. That is. <laughs> See, I liked thinking that you were just this automaton. Now that I know that it's just an act, and that the, like...
1: No, Jessica can bring me to tears as a drop of a hat. Well, of
3: course she can. She's a... You know what she's it is? She's a saint. She's a saint? But I'll tell you what. She's smarter than you.
1: Yeah, we know. <laughs> and better looking than you. Yes, we know. And just better than you in most ways. We know that. So it
3: makes sense that she can break you down a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) We've had it before, so.
3: Mm. So, Chris, do you have a uh, wrestling, uh, what do you want to call it, an analogy? Because mine was the oddities. Because literally you throw Joey into that group of people and it becomes just a freak show that you're like, what did I just see? This guy seems normal. That guy seems super talkative. What the fuck is that? Is that a guy know. with three heads?
1: I don't know. How about the Dangerous Alliance?
3: <laughs> the Dangerous Alliance, yeah. Because if they ever rose up against us, I don't think we could stop.
1: Yeah, I don't. I, you know, I wonder if Joey's got a different side to him. How like Nate Geary coined you an Andrew. So I wonder if there's a Joseph in oh, there. There's a
3: Joseph. Yeah. Here's what I love: is that for any anyone listening to this. What you just heard was a heavily redacted and edited version of what we recorded, but Joey over at his fourth and inches podcast.
1: Yeah, he recorded the whole He recorded
3: it without telling us and he's gonna release it on his own platform completely unedited.
1: Yeah, so if you if you want the full unedited conversation. If you hear a
3: disaster of a conversation go off, just go over there. He's calling it inchception. He's like, it's a podcast within a podcast that you didn't know was a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I love this idiot. I fucking love this guy. And you can all scoff at me. I don't care. The Bills beat the Patriots 35 to 23. Obviously, if you're listening to this now, you've already heard our preview show. You've already heard our recap show. I'll say this. I said something earlier tonight, Chris. I'll keep it short and sweet. Because we don't have much to cover,
1: right? No, we're in the playoffs, and they're not.
3: I'm a little disappointed. And Vero did, Joey Vero, whoever he wants to call himself this week, he, he hit the nail on something. I'm a little disappointed. And I mean, I shouldn't be because I know people are garbage, right? Like, by and large, like th- this Damar Hamlin situation, I walked away from it going, I think that this has improved the way that I see other human beings just in terms of our ability to accept, like, to, to be humans to each other. And I don't know. Then I turn around and I watch. It's like, okay, well, Demar's doing well. He's getting better. He's live-tweeting games and things like And all of a sudden, it's fun to poke fun at players' injuries again. And it's fun to talk about, like, to his point, A certain gif that was trafficked around in a tweet about how like, oh, look at this. It's them trotting out an unconscious guy to go play quarterback. Chris, I don't find that funny. Mm -hmm. Like, I guess that this thing, and I'm a little disappointed because to me personally, this has changed the way I watch football. It's changed the way I feel about it. It's changed my approach, I guess, in terms of how I see. Because, like, we've talked about it. I already see athletes as human beings. I don't see them as deities. I don't see them as someone to be put on a pedestal. They're just dudes. And I guess the rea- the other side of that thing, that the other shoe that had to fall, was that they're dudes. You know, I used to say like, oh, they're just dudes who have a cooler job than me. There are also there are also dudes who put their physical well being on the line for something I do as a hobby, something that I watch. To fill up the dead space in my weekend. Well, that's not true. It's something that I do and that I watch and I subscribe to because it gives me something to like Chris football is ingrained in my life. Yeah, it's a part of like they t- they talk about don't make your hobbies your personality. I can't. It's like when you look at Iman grilling and barbecue is just a part of who Iman is correct or incorrect.
1: It is who he is.
3: <laughs> like, it's a, it's not all he is. Like, Iman, if you ever want to get down to it, he's a lot like Shrek in that they're both onions. There's a lot of layers. You just peel them back. Yeah. He's also a GNR fanatic. He's also been on TV. He's been at the center I need of to ask, reality I don't th-
1: know if I've ever asked him his uh, opinion on Velvet Revolver.
3: See exactly like he's He's a music aficionado
1: Because I I love VR in high school That was my jam
3: You you look like a Velvet Revolver fan I bet you had one of those short sleeve T-shirts didn't you No (laughs) But Iman is incredibly interesting He's got so many layers And it's the same way like I don't know I guess I just like Your hobby shouldn't define you But sometimes they do and this is one of them. And so to me, I look at this and I go, I'm disappointed that so many people have just reverted directly back to being, I don't want to say bad sports, but I don't know, unsympathetic, I guess, is how I would choose to frame it. And again, I'm not mad at you. It's human nature. We talked about that. We talked about the shame. We talked about the disappointment, the, the the stuff that comes along with being a football fan in the face of something as catastrophic as what just happened to the Buffalo Bills. I just know that I personally can't get myself there. It, it has fundamentally changed the way that I watch the game of football. And with that in mind, I don't, I guess I just don't appreciate. I don't appreciate a lot of what's being said out there. And you got to hear firsthand from Joey how it's received when you're on the other side of that and how hypocritical it looks when it comes across that way from people who just experienced what we did. I don't know. But Chris, realistically, who am I to get on a a pedestal or a high horse with anybody else?
1: I'm garbage. You are (laughs) very much garbage. There is
3: no moral high ground I can take without being a hypocrite. So with that said, I'll just leave you with this. Don't let this. We talked with Tyler Dunn this past week about how maybe this is the moment where there can be a groundswell where people care more about the athletes than they do about the logos on the side of their helmets, and start really pay attention to who these people are as human beings rather than just hey, that's the that's the guy who gets paid to catch the ball for the thing that I like watching. Obviously, it's it's a long road to get there. But I think as long as guys like us just hang on to that, don't let it go, and bring it up every now and again. I'm not going to be heavy-handed about it, but just remind people, hey, the guy's a human being. He has a wife. He has a kid. You know, Earlier, I was talking about the Alex Kappa ankle injury. Is that advantageous for anybody who's going to play the Cincinnati Bengals if their best offensive lineman can't play? Of course. Does that guy also have a wife and a kid and a future <laughs> tied to whatever knee and ankle injuries he might have sustained? Yeah like that's that's also the other reality and if you can't keep them both in balance then I just I question I don't know I just question your humanity but it's not for me to judge you it's not for me to tell you who to be Chris I I'm a terrible person yes <laughs> I, I just pick and choose my spots. This just happens to not be one of them. Guys, you enjoy this game any way you want. I just ask that you be good to each other. Be good to these guys who are risking their their physical, long-term physical well-being to keep us all entertained every single Sunday. I don't know. That's it. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. We're going to close this out. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Kruger, And this has been your AFC's Roundup.